Well, um, let's go ahead and get into our notes. We're in the uh, seventh part of this series called Add to Your Faith. And we've been looking at these concepts there out of Second Peter 1. And that our faith should be growing. That we come to Jesus and we start with a relationship. We say yes to Him by faith. And then our, we don't just, that's not just then. That's not just our one faith moment. Our whole lives are built on this connection to God with our faith. If you have your version app open, or if you have your old school notes there in your hand, let's just rock this. It says, our relationship with God should be about knowing God better and trusting Him more. As we live this out, our faith grows and impacts our entire lives. It impacts our whole lives. Every aspect of it is touched. Second Peter 1, start at verse 5, says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And we talked about that. About adding to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, then it will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. None of us want to be ineffective and unproductive in that. We all want that to matter in our lives. And if we will allow these things to increase, then it will take place. But if you don't, it says whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. I've pointed this out every week that this is not, this is not about, okay, how we can now earn God's love. Okay? We're going to be good. We're going to learn more about Him. We're going to be more kind. We're going to do all of this. No. It's not, a, it's not about, about penance or undoing sin. If you get into that, if you, if you get off track of that, it's because you've forgotten that, we, that His grace has given us a blank slate. He has cleared us. He's made us righteous. We do this not to become righteous, but because we are righteous. It, that, that mindset changes everything. And today we're going to look at the concept of kindness. And kindness seems kind of like a kindergarten-y kind of subject. We're going to talk about Let's be nice. This sounds like what the, they talk about in, in pre-K. In kindergarten, let's just be nice to each other. Kindness, folks, goes so much deeper than that. But I'm reminded about the fact that, that the basics are where we, need to, where we have to focus on. My boys have just gotten into doing sporting clay and, and shooting clays with, with 4-H. And they're learning how to do this. And they start with you shooting trap. And if you don't know what that is, that's just... These little clay birds that fly away from you. They're not shooting across. And they've done it a few times. And they got to shoot some other stuff. And the coach brought them back to shooting trap. And shooting them where they're just going one direction. There's no guesswork. No where it's going every time. And Weston was like, oh, I don't want. Why are they making us do this all over again? I was like, well, Weston, this was afterwards. He said he was frustrated. I said, well, when you went back to that, did you hit all of them? No, not even close. I was like, that's why you went back to it. Because you were, you're still, sometimes we want to move on to something flashier. But folks, just raw kindness, we as people of God, we need to be better at this. Sometimes we're not very nice. 
Sometimes we're not very kind. This is something we need to work on and to allow it to cultivate in our lives because the truth is is that caring for others is an important part of growing our faith. Jesus has this conversation with Peter after Peter has denied him three times. He's cussed and denied. He's told, he's told people, he said, I don't know that blankety-blank Jesus. And then the rooster crows and Peter feels terrible and he's gone back to his old way of fishing and just doing life. Jesus is here talking to him post-resurrection. This is an after-Easter message that Jesus has given to Peter and he's restoring Peter to ministry and he asks him, Jesus said, Simon, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. And he tells him, take care of my sheep. He actually goes through this process, changing the words a little bit every time, but it has the same thing three different times till, till finally Peter's like, only you know if I love you. I, I think I love you. And every time it comes back, if you love me, take care of those that, that, have, that call on my name. Basic care for others is a foundation is a foundation for our relationship, for our maturity and our growth. Jesus is, this is one of his last moments on, physically on earth with Peter, and he's telling him, look, this is what you've got to be about. Just love on people. Just take care of people. In fact, in our culture, one, if you want to just really zing somebody, you really want to just go there with somebody, one of the worst things in our culture we could tell somebody is, you know what? I couldn't care less. My level of caring could not be any possibly lower. And if somebody raw, honest looks you in the face and says that, that just is like gutting you with a knife. That they, that they just flat don't care. Why does that hurt so bad? Because we're designed to care. We're designed to show kindness. We are designed... For this to for this to to where the the body of Christ, how would it be if the heart's pumping and the hand says we need a little more blood, and the heart goes I don't care. I don't care. You need something from me. The kidneys. Hey, we could use some we could use some oxygen over here. I, I just don't care. Everything falls down. Everything shuts down. It begins this ugly domino effect. Talk to medical professionals. Things just get out of control when the different pieces of the body don't supply, don't care for each other the way they are supposed to. This kindness, this caring is absolutely vital. It is absolutely vital. The truth is, is that it's God's kindness that leads us to him you know i talk about the old school preacher who's on the leash and he's yelling and spitting and all that kind of stuff and and there was a there was a time when people who that that preaching was this mean coercive i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you out of hell and into heaven somehow but that's let's look at the scriptures that's just not what it says romans 2 verse 4 It says, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness 
his forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's God's kindness that leads you to repentance. You know, repentance, we tend to think of that as this thing of, going, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know what repentance is? It means to think differently. That Greek word that's translated repentance, it means to think differently. That you've been making your decisions a certain way because you think that way. You were raised that way, cultures that way, whatever. You just think that way. And then the, the Spirit of God comes in and says, this isn't working. This, you're, being, you're in a destructive pattern. Look, I've got something better for you, God's kindness. And you begin to ooh, think differently. Your brain shifts and you see, wait a minute. This is destructive. God does have something better for me. That it causes us to think differently. And honestly, the truth is, is that kindness, period, will. Kindness will begin to shift the atmosphere of whatever things are going on. One of my earliest childhood memories is a lady doing an incredible act of kindness to my youngest sister. When my youngest sister wasn't very nice. Now, she was about two and a half, three years old. We were at a rodeo in Andrews, Texas, sitting up in the stands outside venue. I'm about six, and there's a lady sitting down, just a few people down the, the aisle. And my little two-year-old blunt sister, um, this lady begins to just talk a little bit. And my sister just, was just very rude and just looked at the lady and said, uh, You sure are fat. It was the truth. She was a large lady. But I'm telling you, you talk about just all of a sudden just sucking the air out of an open air arena. It was just like, I mean, I just sit there as a kid, as six years old. Oh, my gosh. My grandma's the one that took us there. This is the community she lives in. And we're just sitting there. This lady has just been insulted by this two and a half year old. Well, everybody's just waiting to see what happens. Everybody wishes we could have a replay and put their hand over her mouth, something. And this lady wasn't sarcastic. She wasn't rude or anything. And she just looked at my sister and said, well, you really are, you sure are cute. She was a cute little girl. And she just responded in such genuine kindness that all of a sudden as a kid, I just, I was floored. At six years old, it marked me that I watched this lady be insulted by the stranger's child and respond in such a tender fashion. She could, have, she could have been harsh. She could have brought a barb. She could have said something to my grandmother and said, what, are you, what kind of kid are you, are you raising over there? What's the deal with that? She could have just walked off and left. And, but she just poured out a genuine compliment and kindness all of a sudden it just changed the whole atmosphere of everybody that witnessed that i'm telling you it was kindness will shift things we've seen it in our relationship i'm one that i don't get mad real easy and i hate tension in a relationship i hate it and 
there's times early in our marriage that Cutie and I would get a little crossways with each other. We'd get a little, little tension. And um, I'd, I would be a jerk, and she'd get tired of it, and she'd be mad at me. And so I would come to her, and I would be try, I'd try to be nice. And I'd try to, to be kind and try to turn things around. And, and uh, so she would sit there, and she would literally tell me. Because she understood that kindness changes things. And she would say, do not be nice to me. I am not done being mad. And she was serious. She was still, she wasn't through. So I just, somehow my kindness is about to make things worse. And because uh, she was not ready, she was not ready to receive it. But she knew if that went on, then the mad was going to go away. Reconciliation was going to come and she wasn't ready for it. Kindness shifts it shifts the way we think ephesians 2 4 through 7 says but because of his great love for us god who is rich in mercy made us alive with christ even when we were dead in transgressions it's by grace you have been saved god raised us up with christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in christ jesus in order that the coming in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. What an incredible thing is the initial kindness of God that we receive whenever he embraces us, when we embrace him, when our, the, 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 the sin and the destruction of our relationship is dealt with and we're made right with God. What an incredible act of kindness. But did you know that he's not done there? The kindness that he pours out into our lives is even beyond that. He wants to begin to show and express an incomparable where we just can't even look and say, it's like this or it's like that. It goes beyond illustration. Kindness to us as our lives progress in Him. So many people have it wrong. They think that just that, that salvation itself and, and that reconnection with God itself is the single greatest act of kindness you can receive from Him. But it is not. He began to renew you and change you and restore your life and, and make you what you were intended to be all along. He can release you into ministry and, and begin not talking about being in some um, staff in some church. I'm talking about being the minister you were hardwired to be for the day you were born. Sharing God's love, being in people's lives, making a difference. God, wow, those are beautiful acts of kindness. Because the truth is, is kindness is just, it really is, just an expression of grace and favor. There's a reason that we grow in godliness before we grow in kindness and love. Because true kindness only comes out of godliness. Because see, we know how to do the thing of buttering each other up. We know how to do the thing of, of working each other and, and manipulating each other through different things. That is not kindness. Kindness has no self-motivation in it. Kindness isn't sitting there and trying to figure out, I'm going to be nice to you as long as I can get something nice back out of you. That's not kindness. That's manipulation. Kindness is an expression of grace. It's an expression of favor. 
Just yesterday, we were uh, um, calling my two-year-old was wanting to go upstairs. And we were keeping her out of the upstairs area. We wanted to keep her downstairs. And, and the kid, other kids kept going upstairs. And she would say, go upstairs. Like, you can't go upstairs. Stay downstairs. So finally, we'd get everything done that needed to be done downstairs. And she was being a little fussy and a little whiny. And um, Cutie looks at her and says, Colin, would you like to go upstairs? She goes, sure. Like, what a brilliant idea. That is, how could you have known? That's what, exactly what I wanted. But it was funny because it was this, it was this way. It was this, this, this hilarious expression. When you're like, you little turkey, you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. You are working this deal over and over again. She knew. But kindness, kindness isn't working anything. Titus 3, 3 through 7 says, At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, not because we had done anything right, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life so that we could become like him partakers in in what he's doing we can become a part of the way things are done in the kingdom we also see that god's kindness in us is what draws others to his people people are honestly they're going to be more connected And I hear more compliments about Celebration Church, not about any kind of the preaching or any of that stuff, but that people felt welcomed. If this is your first time, we so hope you did. We so hope you felt welcomed here today. That that people were nice, that people were embracing, that people were, were genuinely glad they were there. See, let's look at this. Colossians 3 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Thank goodness all of us, when we got up to come to church, we clothed ourselves. We are not that kind of church. We are casual, not that casual. <laughs> clothe yourselves. Now, when it says that if you've got to clothe yourselves, then this is something that you have to embrace. This is something you have to choose. It's something you have to put on. You have to like be conscious of this. Look at what's part of clothing ourselves with these things. It says, bear with each other. That means put up with each other. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. 
You know, one of the most attractional things on the planet should be the people of God. Should be. People who are free from guilt. Man, guilty people are miserable people to be around. People of God are free from guilt. People who feel like they're, they're work under compulsion, that they have to do something, they're arm twisted, are miserable people to be around. In the kingdom of God, we don't have that. We, are, we don't have that. We ought to be a joyous people. Our, we don't have any worries in the long-term future. Heaven is our home. It is secure. We, we are equipped to care for one another and love one another. We've got a God that provides. We should be a, it should be the most attractional group of people on the planet. But why? Why are so many people, especially in our American culture turned off to God's people, the church. My problem, I think it's that's because they've run into the naked church. An unclothed church. They've been mooned too many times. <laughs> it's just the truth. Because if they run into the people of God and they don't have compassion, that's going to push you away. If they don't have kindness, who wants to be around that? If they don't have humility, nobody wants to be around somebody who's full of themselves and self-righteous. How disgusting. Nobody wants to be around that. Man, there are times that, I, that I'll be watching a football game and all of a sudden I'll start rooting for the other team just because one player acts like a jerk. He is like he begins to talk about him. You know, I'm it. I'm all that. I'm like, no, I want you to lose now, buddy. I'm I'm rooting the other way. It's not. It's going to change it to me. It's it's frustrating. Nobody wants to be around that mess. A church that's not gentle. A church that's not patient. Man, I pray patience over our church like crazy. I pray that we are able to be engaged with one another long enough to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. I wish it happened like in an instant. But folks, I didn't grow overnight and I'm certainly not done growing. It's 20 plus years in the process and people put up with me in process. And people are still putting up with me in process. We want to create an environment where people put up with you because they love you and know that God's working on the inside of you. And the stuff that's wrong, the Holy Spirit knows it is. And He's going to talk to you. And you're going to cooperate with Him. And one day we're going to look up and we're all going to be different people. Better people. Easier to get along with people. More loving people. But if we don't have patience, we won't stay connected long enough to see that happen. We won't. We'll, we'll pop out. We'll leave. We'll disconnect. That, folks, this kindness is so, so important. And, folks, sometimes kindness... Runs out of time. Galatians. We'll close with this. But the fruit of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit grows in our lives, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You may say, Brandon, I'm just not a very nice person. Well, I commend you for understanding that. There are tons of people who think they're nice, and they're just not. First step to recovery is recognize you've got a problem. <laughs> Say, I'm just not a nice person. Okay, great. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is. 
So allow, give the Holy Spirit some room in you. And all of a sudden, you're going to begin to see, oh, wow, that, that was nice. I did something kind. I did something as I cooperated with the Holy Spirit. It changes everything. And it says, against such things, there is no law. That there is no law. You know, we have an expression in the old South that says, oh, you are too kind. That according to the Bible, you cannot be too kind. You can't do it. You can't do it. It's one of those pieces that it can ju- you can just, kindness can just go. Love can just go. There is no rule. There is no too much of it. Ephesians 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? We're about to find out. We saw the unwholesome talk and stuff that wasn't building each other up. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Being mean and nasty to each other, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed with the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness in relationships grieves the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He loves that person as passionately as He loves you. And He wants us connected. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Rage and anger grieves the Holy Spirit because that tension and all that that's coming from that is always relational. And He loves them passionately. Brawling and slander along with every form of malice. These relational the hate places of hate and tension, they grieve the Holy Spirit. God wants to work these and bring renewed life there. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ forgave you. In 2 Timothy 2, said the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Here it is. We're supposed to be kind for it to lead them to repentance. We found out it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. So many times, where's God's kindness showing up? In you and in me and in other believers. It's being poured out that way. That they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who is taken captive to do his will. See, folks, the bottom line is kindness shows the kind of God we serve. So many people aren't attracted to our God because the only display they've seen of him is some jerk on TV with a sign that says God hates somebody. All they see is is some selfish individual manipulating people on TV. All they see are all of these different things. And the, 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 there's a lot of good stuff happening in the, in the world with the Christians, with us believers. But they see it. They're rejecting not God himself, but the kind of God we portray. Let's allow the kindness of God to show up in our lives. Because if we continue to grow in our faith, then we will be truly effective and productive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will be. And we've already talked about the fact 
that Jesus took care of our sins. He paid the price. He paid the penalty. We don't have a let of service slip by without giving an opportunity for somebody to say, you know what, Brandon, I need that. I've thought I had to undo all my past wrongs, and I see that Jesus took care of that, that his death was enough. And I believe that this morning, that he wants to work on the inside of me. I want that kind of patience that meets me where I'm at, but loves me so much.